You are listening to How Does She Do It? Episode 75. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me for another episode of How Does She Do It? Through this podcast and my coaching, I help you own your story, live fueled by faith, and elevate your impact in your career and in your calling. The show notes for this week's episode will be available at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. There you will find any links mentioned in this show, and you will also find links to connect with me on social media and LinkedIn. If you want to just do that from your phone while you're listening right now, you can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at TiffSouth, and that's Tiff with two F's. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn at Tiff South, and that's Tiff with two F's. And send me a message and let me know that you are listening to the podcast, that you are sharing the podcast, whatever it is. Just send me a message, particularly on Instagram. That is where I am most active, and I look forward to hearing from you there. I also want to thank you for your ratings and reviews in the Apple Podcast app. If you have not already done so, please leave a five-star rating and review in the Apple Podcast app. If that is where you are listening right now, you can just open the app. You can search for How Does She Do It? And then scroll to the bottom and you will see an area to tap that five stars and to write a review. And in whatever other app that you are listening to this podcast, let me know. Send me a message on Instagram at TiffSouth and let me know how you are listening to the podcast and if you are leaving ratings and reviews there as well. I greatly appreciate it. And if you would like to join the email list for the podcast, text how does she do it as one word to 444-999. Again, that's how does she do it as one word to 444-999 and you'll be added to the list. And now let's get into this week's Just My Thoughts. Just My Thoughts is the segment of the show where I share my reviews, recommendations, or rejections of something that I have come across in social media or wherever, and um, or something that is just kind of on my heart. This week, I am recommending something that is on my heart, and it is that you watch your mouth. I'm going to say that again. I'm recommending that you watch your mouth. The language that we use when we are talking about ourselves, when we are talking about our dreams, when we are talking about our goals, when we are talking about anything is so crucial and critical and has way more power than we recognize. The power of life and death are in the tongue. That is from Proverbs. And that statement is not, you know, a lighthearted, meaningless statement. When you say that you are trying something versus you are doing something, when you say that you are, you believe something versus you know something, when you say that you think something versus you know something, when you say that you want something versus I am going to have, right? Those little things, when you are qualifying your talents and your gifts, when you are qualifying the nature of your relationships, when you are qualifying your confidence, when you are, you know, oh, that's just, oh, I think I might, oh, I might be interested in versus making a declaration, a bold declaration. This is something that's as in when you're a junior associate as an as an attorney, 
it's something that a lot of young lawyers do when they are writing documents is instead of making bold conclusions, they tap dance around the thing that they want to boldly proclaim. And the reason why they are afraid to make the conclusion is because they're afraid that they're going to be wrong. They're afraid that their answer is not correct. They're, and the same thing shows up in the way that we talk about ourselves when we talk about what we want, when we are talking about the, the things that we feel we we want to qualify because we're afraid that if we make that bold declaration, if we make that bold ask of God, if we make that ask or demand of someone who has not been giving us what we deserve in the way of treatment or um, you know position at work or anything, that we're going to get rejected. But the thing is, is that if you are rejected, you're no worse off than you are right now. But if you make that bold declaration, there is no question about what you know. There's no question about what you are doing. There's no question about what you are working toward. There's no question about what your goal or your expectations are. There's no question about what you think about yourself. So watch your mouth. Do not qualify the things that you say about yourself. And this is not about being arrogant or being gassed. And I think that another hesitation that we have is we're concerned, even as I said, I think that made me think about that, right? But one of the things that we also do is we are concerned about not appearing humble. And humility is not about downplaying what is true. Humility is about the posture with which you carry yourself. And there's a difference between arrogance, downplaying what is true, and being humble. So you do not have to downplay or undercut what is true for the fear of not being humble, right? So I want you to think about that. I want you to to really reflect on the things that you say to and about yourself, the way that you speak about yourself to other people, the way that you qualify certain things, even in your prayers. How do you pray? Are you praying boldly? Are you making big asks of a big God? One thing that I've been thinking about is how, and this is something I forget where this, how this reflection kind of came up for me in the last week. But if we, I think it was something I was reading, but God created the world out of a void. And if he could create the mountains and the stars and the trees and the, all the species of animals and us as humans in his own image out of a void, out of voids, how then would he be limited in answering our prayers? How then would he be limited in offering us the desires of our heart, delivering us the desires of our heart? How then would our relationship with him be limited or boundaries put on it when we walk in obedience with him? So are you praying boldly? Are you are you holding back when you're when you're asking him for certain things? Are you holding yourself back by speaking sort of short for yourself? Are you holding yourself back by qualifying and tiptoeing around what you actually want and stating it with intention and with purpose and with a knowing, not just a belief, with a certainty and not just a feeling, with a conviction, not just a a tempered hope, if you will. So I want you to watch your mouth, be bold, ask boldly, state with conviction, do not qualify, be confident, even when you are not yet there. Because again, we think about 
um, faith being the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And it is so much bigger than a feeling. It is so much bigger than just thinking and hoping. It is a knowing and conviction in that same way that we are supposed to posture ourselves in our faith is also the way that we have to speak about the things that we want and speak about ourselves, speak about the God that we believe in and speak about the things that we are working for and taking action toward and not just thinking about doing and trying to do, but knowing that we are taking steps to do. Small difference, nuanced difference, major, major impact. They say tiny hinges swing big doors. This is an example of a tiny hinge. The words that you speak every day to yourself and about yourself and to other people about yourself and about the things that you want are an example of tiny hinges that over time will help you swing the big doors of the dreams that you have, the goals that you have, and the levels that you are trying to reach in your life. And that concludes this week's Just My Thoughts. I was talking to a client a few weeks ago about her transition over the last several months from her corporate America job to her time in graduate school and some of the ups and downs that were connected to her flamingo type, which I'll tell you more about in a little bit. But we realized that some of the challenges that she was facing was because of her position and posture during her wilderness season. We realized that she was in a wilderness season. So what I want to talk about today is finding the value in your wilderness season and current assignment. Even if that assignment is just like stretching you all the way on so many different levels. So for some quick context, we are in Exodus. And Exodus is where we learn of Moses, who was born as a as Hebrew, put on the river, because this was the time when they were trying to kill all the Hebrew children. He ended up being found on the river by Pharaoh's daughter, raised as alongside the Egyptians. And also, we also see at the end of Exodus 2, Exodus 2, 23, during those many days of the king of Egypt, the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. So that is kind of the context of this conversation around the wilderness because from here, God equips Moses, he equips a leader to lead the people from Egypt to their promised land. And in the midst of their journey, Moses has all of these different conversations with God. The Israelites have all of these different challenges with God with themselves between the parting of the Red Sea and all these different things. So if you have not read the book of Exodus I highly recommend it. It is a, it reads like, and if you've seen the Prince of Egypt, the Prince of Egypt is not a, 
a direct corollary or some things that they change, some facts that they change, some things that images that they portray, portray differently. But it is, and I feel silly bringing up this Disney movie, but it does, it helps add some visu visuals to this story. But the story in and of itself is super, super rich. It's super descriptive. And it really is um, a testament to so many of the ways that we approach our own lives. And so that is kind of the, that's what the context that I wanted to give you because what happens in this story is that Moses, although God identified him as the person who would lead his people to the promised land, Moses self-identifies as not being ready for the mission. And responds to God's call with all of the reasons why he should not be the one, that he is not prepared, he is not ready. Oh, I need somebody else to help me. How many times have you known that you have been positioned and poised and asked and called to do something, be it in a moment or in the bigger picture of your, of your life and your career, and found all of the excuses and reasons to not show up? How many times have you responded to God either in your own words or in your actions in a way that shows that, you know what, God, I don't think you got this one right. I don't think I'm actually ready to do this thing that you who knows all and who can do all and who can equip all, I don't think you know who you're dealing with. I don't think you know that it's me who lacks X, Y, and Z to do this thing that you have told me that you will help me do, <laughs> right? So in our wilderness, right, in the season of where we are right now that is standing between the thing that we have been promised or the next leg of our journey or that next promotion or that better relationship, that different, that better thing that is on the other side of this moment. It is so crucial to posture yourself in a certain way to receive the value of this season. It is so easy to do what my client was doing, to do what the Israelites were doing, to do what I have done in my own life, which is to complain about where you are. But the first thing that you're supposed to do to find value in your wilderness season is to accept where you are and not be actively resistant to it. And you have to accept it with appreciation. Why? Because where you are right now is a part of a much larger picture and journey. The Israelites were walking through several different wilderness. I don't even know if it's wildernesses, wilderness eye, whatever. They had to go through many different parts of this journey. And all of those journeys were not necessarily part of the original journey, but because of their lack of appreciation, because of their resistance, because of their disobedience, their journey was prolonged. They had to take different routes in order to get to where they were supposed to go. Some of that was intentional and by design, if you read in the chapter, because God knew what would be coming for them. And had he put them on a more direct route, they would have lost sight of the of the role that he played in getting them through. So if you were given the thing that you wanted the moment you prayed for it, 
would you always acknowledge how good God was in getting you that thing? If the journeys were always easy, would you acknowledge the growth that happened in order to help make you prepared for the thing that you were getting? So in order to find value in your wilderness season, you have to accept where you are with appreciation. And you also have to accept it without complacency. This means being actively engaged and intentionally grateful for the journey. If you accept or participate kind of or walk through your wilderness journey in a in a lax way, in a way that's just like, well, you know, it is what it is. I guess this is just where I'm at. You will miss the blessing. You will miss the lessons. You will miss the growth that is supposed to be happening on this journey because your journeys are not just for yourself, number one. Your journeys are not just meant to literally get you from point A to point B, but there's growth that's meant to happen. There's increased faith that's meant to happen. There's improved relationship. There is skills that are to be gained that will prepare you and help you for your next level. So moving on to the second thing that you need to do to find value in your wilderness is to know where you are going. And that means also having faith in God, even though you won't and rarely will ever be able to see the exact destination that he is taking you. The Israelites had never seen this promised land that God was taking them to. They didn't know what it was, but he told them, as he had told generations before, I am taking you somewhere. Trust me that I will do this thing for you. Trust me that I will get you there. And on the way, they had all the complaints. I'm tired. I want meat. Slavery was better. All of these crazy things that they were saying all because they did not have the have the faith that where they were going was better than both where they had come from and where they were in the moment and so many other things happened that caught that they ended up breaking up stopping going some going here some going there and creating this entire old testament of stories that led to all this different conflict and things because of their initial lack of faith and their disobedi- disobedience along the way so when you know where you're going by putting faith in God who is taking you from where you are right now to where you want to where you are going to be you have to let that faith be. You have to resist resisting. You have to place your faith in the object of your faith and not in the feelings related to your faith, if that makes sense. Again, what we talked about in the Just My Thoughts, shift from believing that God is carrying you somewhere to knowing that he is taking you somewhere where he promised you. So you have to know where you're going, not believe that you are going somewhere, but know with conviction, with certainty that the God who could take you from places he's already taken you. That's the other thing. Look at the evidence of your life. Look at where he has already brought you from and look at where you are right now. Look at what you used to be doing, look at the position you used to have. And even in the midst of what you are not necessarily all the way comfortable with right now, you already know that he will, he has brought you through worse things before. He has brought you from lesser positions to the role you have now. So why wouldn't he take you further? Why would he bring you this far to leave you and forsake you? That's not the way that he operates. And I always qualify me saying these things as not in not to think about prosperity 
gospel, right? Because this is not go from rags to being a millionaire in five minutes, right? There's a lot that is required of us in the way of obedience and relationship and diligence and preparation and skill building and all that kind of stuff to really get to where we're trying to go, especially when we're talking about career improvement, all that stuff. You're not just going poof, go from, you know, entry level to vice president in a week for the sake of whatever, right? That's not how, this is not a magic show. But I want you to just be be mindful that there, God can do all things. And so we have to also remember that our faith is a part of that journey. Our knowing is a part of that journey also. The third thing that you can do to find value in your wilderness is to recognize that there be multiple there may be multiple wildernesses <laughs> that you have to navigate. What I didn't realize in in thinking about this story and learning about the the journey of the of the Israelites through from Egypt to the promised land when I was growing up is that there were different places, different wilderness along the journey. And so there's also a recognition that sometimes our own actions delay our journey. Our own actions create detours from the path that God originally had for us. Our own choices and the and the law of consequence sometimes create a new path towards even still God's initial goal and his initial plan and his initial purpose. But the straight line that was originally intended for us because of our own grumblings, because of our own disobedience, because of our own ungratefulness, because of our own distancing from him, create new detours. So that doesn't mean though that you're not going to get to where he promised you, but know that you may be the own you may be your own worst enemy in this respect. So are you contributing to a longer time in your current season? Is your disobedience keeping you where you are right now? Is your resistance to letting go of certain things? Is your resistance to pushing through in order to get to that next level? Is your resistance to the idea that with new level will come new responsibility? Is that keeping you where you are longer? And do you recognize that? Because we will sit in a place where we are not supposed to be and complain about where we're not supposed to be, even though we are the reasons why we are where we are right now. Did you catch that? We will be the contributing factor to the reason why we are staying in a situation longer than we are supposed to be, and we will not even recognize it and will thus keep ourselves in places we are not supposed to be longer because we do not know that we are the cause of us still being there. Like, think about that. Take ownership and don't be afraid to take that ownership because we are in the study of Psalms through the First Five app right now. And one thing that is so clear about David's tone in his prayer is always acknowledging his role and his need for redemption and his need for salvation and his need for God's hand to help get him through where he is right now and to help him be better than he is and his desire and hunger to be better for than what he is. So even though even though you might be, you know, keeping yourself where you are longer, that's okay, but acknowledge that and be be vulnerable enough to say, you know what? Help me get right. Help me to get myself out of this situation. So that's the third way to kind of get yourself 
to finding the value in your current wilderness, which is recognizing that there may be multiple wildernesses, which did not come up as an, as a spelling error in, in me typing out this outline. So I'm just going to keep saying it, but it doesn't sound right. It feels weird. But anyway, there may be multiple stops along your journey towards the promised land that you, that is for you. And the fourth thing that we should do in finding value in our wilderness is to take advantage of provision. Take advantage of provision. What is the manna in your current season? Manna is the is the food that came down from this that came down every day on this journey for the Israelites. They were always provided for, but they got tired of it and they complained about it. And they complained about it and God responded to their complaint with so much meat that they got sick of it, right? So what is the manna of your current season? What is something that you are tired of? Or what is something that you have gotten so used to seeing that you have stopped seeing the value of it? What is that mundane set of tasks that you are so over doing every single day that you have stopped taking a step back to see, you know what, here's actually what I'm learning from this. Here's the value in this. Here's how I am being stretched here. Here's how I'm being provided for here. Do not take your manna for granted. Do not take provision for granted. Do not take that mundane thing that frustrating relationship, that thing that you know you are over for granted because it is sustaining you to and for the next part of your journey. And the last thing that you should do to find value in your wilderness is to keep your eyes on the source. Keep focused on the object of your faith. Keep focused on God and his promises. His word does not ever come back void. And if you stay focused on the fact that he is a God of integrity, he is a God of consistency and promise, he is a God that works all things together for good, he is a God that has already brought you through so much already, he is a God who has already answered prayers that you prayed about years ago that you've forgotten about. Keep your eyes focused on him and not the minutia of the day to day. And it, and that, and I'm not saying that that's easy. And sometimes that requires you to actually physically stop in the midst of your day to say several prayers and to keep yourself from going crazy, to remember who you are and who God is in relation to your current situation, your current circumstance, your current season. Second Corinthians 10, five says bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And that is one thing, one scripture that I, in the middle of those hard days, I just put my head down on my desk and say, bringing every thought into captivity, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Because when you bring yourself back to center, to the one who is responsible for your salvation, to the father who will do and is capable of doing all things, what you're dealing with in the moment becomes so much smaller. 
it becomes so much more manageable. It becomes so much easier to deal with. The frustration that you have with the mana of your season, the duration of your time in your current wilderness, while they have not changed, your posture towards them has changed and can change and can shift. And so the whole objective, the whole point of being able to find value in your wilderness is not a minimization of the challenges that come in the wilderness, but it is about your posture and relationship to your wilderness. Because if you can take a praise perspective, if you will, if you can take a posture of gratitude and appreciation and intentional value seeking of where you are right now, then it makes that journey that much more bearable. And it makes the journey not just bearable, but fruitful because that's the intention anyway. And if you recognize your role in delaying and keeping you where you are, then you may be able to make adjustments. If you recognize that there are things that you should be doing in your current season that you are not doing, you need to start working on that. If you take a step back and recognize that you have been downplaying and really dismissing where you are right now, that might be contributing to why you're still where you are right now. And only you know the answer to that. Only you know what that might look like in your own life. So just to recap, the five ways to find value in your current wilderness season is to number one, accept where you are with appreciation and without complacency. Number two, know where you are going, even if you can't see the destination. Number three, recognize that there may be multiple stops in your wilderness season that you will have to navigate. Number four, take advantage of provision, even when you are tired of the form with which that provision takes. And number five, keep your eyes on the source and object of your faith. Your wilderness season is not meant to last forever, even when it feels like it might be lasting for longer than what you thought and longer than what you hoped for. But if you are intentional about seeking the value of your current season, recognizing any role that you may be playing in contributing to the length and form that your wilderness season is taking, then you have to spend time doing that work and that self-reflection because that's only something that you and God will be able to understand. But this wilderness season can show up in your job. It can show up in your relationships, your health, your wellness, even in your faith, your faith walk, right? Spend time trying to understand where you are and how you have to position and reposition yourself in order to get through to the next side. And again, you may not know how long it's supposed to last, but it's not necessarily about how short or long the journey is, but how do you govern yourself? How do you posture yourself during that journey? How do you take advantage of the lessons that are meant to be shown to you in the midst of that journey? How intentional are you in being and seeking out growth and strength and opportunities during that time and seeking value where 
on the surface, things may seem to have very limited value. Find value in your wilderness season. Find value in your current assignment. Push through and know that nothing, no experience is fruitless. No experience should ever turn up no lesson for you. If you are intentional and prayerful about seeking and asking God what this season is meant to show you, you will find value in that season. I promise you that. My entire life is a reflection of things that when separated and kind of pulled apart on their own may look like random experiences. They may look like unconnected occurrences, but when you bring them together, there's a, there's a, a thread that goes through all, all experiences in my life. I promise that you can probably find a similar thread in your own life. Find value in your current wilderness season. Do not take where you are right now for granted, even if it feels like you have been there longer than you think you should. Find in prayer the intent and the value in where you are right now. There's value in your wilderness. There's strength to be gained in your wilderness. Do not end up being somewhere for 40 years when you were not supposed to be there that long. Take advantage of where you are right now so that you can get through and get to where you are supposed to be. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of How Does She Do It? We are at episode 75. God is so good. Thank you for your continued support. Continue to share this podcast with your friends, with your family, with your colleagues. Send me a message on Twitter or Instagram. I am at Tiff South, Tiff with two Fs. Send an email, Tiffany at How Does She Do It podcast.com. Get ready and listen and look out for webinars that I'm going to have coming up in the next month. Elevate Your Career Academy is on its way. I am so excited about what is coming up and I am so grateful for your support on this journey. Make sure you join the email list by texting how does she do it as one word to 444-999. Again, text how does she do it as one word to 444-999. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace. Peace.